As we know, it's a song, but it's a song which foretells the future of the Jewish people. And as the Ramban writes right at the beginning of the Pasha, it's been so accurate in every detail that even if it wasn't written in the Torah, we would believe it as true because we've seen uh, seen by seen has unfolded as we look back through the pages of Jewish history. I was looking through Pasha Sazi, you know, and I was struck by one Pasuk, which I found hard to understand. And the Pasuk says, discussing a time when Hashem is angry with the Jewish people, Hashem is looking to punish them, but it goes beyond punishment. The Pasuk says, Omarti Af'ayhem, Ashbisa Me'enesh Sikhram. Hashem said, I said, I'll destroy them. I'll wipe out their memory from mankind. Lulay, if not for Ka'as Oyev, if not for the fact that the enemy who the agent sent to attack the Jewish people would take credit for it themselves, so Hashem said he would be prepared to wipe out the Jewish people. I was thinking, how is such a thing possible? You know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made a covenant with us never to destroy the Jewish people. And Hashem don't change, and here the Jewish people won't be destroyed. So what does the Pasuk mean that there was a Havamina? There was a possibility, a thought even, that crossed Hashem's mind, so to speak, of Ashbisumi Enosh Zichram, or I'll wipe out the memory from manhood. So I'd like to suggest an answer. But before that, let's learn together a tremendous insight, tremendous principle from the Ramchal. We know that when the Jewish people went into Eretz Israel, they accepted a concept called Arbus. Responsibility for each other. Prior to that, if one person sinned, he was completely responsible for what he did wrong. Nobody else would be blamed. And following their entry into Eretz Israel, then there's a principle of Arabus, of communal joint responsibility. And therefore, if one person sins, so to speak, the entire community can be blamed and can be punished. A prime example of this is the story of Achon. Right at the beginning of the Jewish people's conquest of Israel, the first place that they fought against and were victorious over was the city of Yericho. And Yeshua declared the spells of Yericho to be a cherub, to be something consecrated to Hashem. And one man breaks the cherub, one man steals from the booty of Yericho, and as a result of that, Kalyus shall lose a war. And 36 people get killed. Yeshua discovers who the culprit is, and interrogates him, and Achan admits, I was the one who stole from the spells of Yericho, because I did that before as well. In the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, there was also a time 
the Jewish people were fighting against the king of Arad and they claimed that anything that they would win from the victory in the battle they would consecrate to Hashem and Ochan admits, he said, there too I, st- I stole from the spoils but there we don't find that the Jewish people get punished for Ochan's theft and the reason is then there wasn't the principle of Arvus and therefore Ochan was to blame and Ochan was liable Whereas now when Klai Yisrael came into Eretz Yisrael and there's a principle of Arbus, so now the entire Jewish people suffer because of one person's affair. But the Ramchal teaches us that there's a second sign to the picture as well. Arbus doesn't just talk about sharing the blame, carrying the responsibility for other people's mistakes. It works the other way around as well. And that is, if one person does something which is a tremendous source of merit, it's not just for them. Kai Yisrael all take a share in that merit. And therefore, it works both ways. The responsibility of shared, so to speak, uh, obligation to Hashem means that it's true. The Tzibur suffers for each person's mistake, but the Tzibur benefits for each person's success. And really, if we were going to explain this differently, especially now between the Yemei Adin, it's a different scale. There's the scale of each individual's actions, which each individual is judged, and all his witnesses are put on the one side of the scale, all his failings, all his various on the other, and then the person's judged. There's also the scale of the Jewish people. And therefore, collectively, all the merits of Klai Yisrael are put on the one side of the scale, all the mistakes of Klai Yisrael on the second side of the scale. And then, Klai Yisrael will all be considered meritorious, so otherwise, based on the group, its collective efforts. That's the two sides of the Yisrael of Arabs. Now, when we talk about Klai Yisrael being judged, when we talk about Klai Yisrael standing in the din, and therefore besides for our individual cheshbon, account so to speak, there's also our communal, joint, national uh, account, so to speak, balance. So who forms part of that? Who contributes to the collective scales of Klai Yisrael? And the answer is, the entire Jewish people at the time. Well, this we can understand the Gemara. The Gemara says that towards the end of his life, Rabbi Yezal Gadol got sick. To the saints, which is in pain, he couldn't learn, he couldn't do mitzvahs. And that made him depressed. Why, why am I living if there's nothing I can do? Whereas the Chachma Yisrael, the other sages came to visit him, they saw him. He was miserable, they tried to encourage him. They tried to give him chizuk. One of them says, Rabbi Eliezer, you should know you're more valuable for the Jewish people than the sun. Just like the sun provides warmth and light to the world, and the world won't live without it, so to Rabbi Eliezer, the Koshul won't survive without it. And what did he mean? Why was that a message of comfort for Abiliyazim? 
the answer is Rebelez obviously felt what's worth his life if I can't let her, if I can't do mitzvahs. And what the Tana was telling him was Rebelez is the very fact that you hear means that your schusim are standing to the credit of Kali Yisrael. That's a tremendous thing. That can weigh down the scales and consider the entire Jewish people to be worthy. And the Chas Vashon in the world without Rebeliezer, so we don't have a tremendous asset, we don't have a tremendous koyach on the side of the scale of schus. And therefore saying Rebeliezer, just the fact that you're alive, that's something which Israel Yisrael benefits from tremendously. No different to the sun. And after Rebeliezer died, after Rebeliezer died, then there wasn't that koyach anymore. If that's the case, then there was a need for something else to replace those same schusim. So the Klai Yisrael's balance would still be meritorious. That was, that's the aside of Arvis. Our Klai Yisrael stands together. Let's give a few more examples. The famous story of the student of Rafreda. Rafreda, the Gemara tells us, had a student who understood things extremely, extremely slowly. And everything that had to be explained to him 400 times. Which means, Rafreda sat down and he taught a certain Gemara, or a certain Nadafa. And he taught it again, and 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 again. And if you're really getting tired of listening to me saying that, I just said the one word 10 times. Can you imagine if I had to say it 400 times? Can you imagine if it was a whole Shia was repeating 400 times? But that's what Rafreda did on a regular basis. Except, so Gemara says, one time the Talmud was distracted, he wasn't paying attention. And after 400 times, he still didn't understand. Rafreda didn't give up. He started again from the beginning, and he explained it again, and again, and again, and again, and again, and again. Another 400 times. And that made such an impression on Shemai. The tremendous dedication that Rafreda had to teaching Torah. That he's willing to teach the same thing 800 times. The Rebbe came out of Shemai. He said, Rafreda, you can choose as a reward. Would you like to live 400 years? Or your entire generation should go to Adam Abba. And I ask you, Rabbi Sam, Rafreda deserved the rewards undoubtedly. Why does his generation deserve to be rewarded? What did they do that was so amazing? And the answer is this principle. That is, the merits of the individual are shared by the generation. And that's how we find lots of times. When we're talking about the door, a certain tzaddik, we talk about the door of the tzaddik. Shekhar achein v'hevel ha'yayfi, yishan yiras Hashem mitisad, or says the Gemara. Shekhar achein z'edor yashal dovi l'shlema. V'hevel ha'yayfi z'edor yashal chizkiya. Yishan yiras Hashem mitisad, or z'edor yashal rabbi l'vernira. It's the Gemara's name. Now that was the mind of Rabbi Yudha himself. What's he going to do with his dog? And the answer is the same principle. And that is that the merits of an individual are going to be used, so to speak, to the credit of the entire dog. 
Now with this principle in mind, we understand that, that therefore when we judge in Klai Yisrael, it's not the Jewish people throughout the ages together. It's each dog. And whoever's alive in that dog is contributing to the credits or to the various of that dog. And therefore there could be a dog which was a dick. Or there could be a dog of Listen, man, let's look at the Shira Hazin. And we'll see that there's a tremendous focus in the Hazinu on the concept of the door. We start with the introduction where she gives, and it says, Binosh Nois Dar Vatar. Don't just understand what happened in history, but understand every generation. Moshe turns to Taramir, but he calls them a Dar Ikesh of Tantu. A crooked generation. And we're talking about the generation they're going to be punished. So that he also calls them. Just one passage before that. He says, Gitar Ovad Each Dar is judged. And if that's the case, there could be the Dar which deserves to be punished. There could be the Dar which in this collectively is considered wicked and they deserve to be destroyed. And if that's the case, the idea of the destruction is that Dar. Not Klai Yisrael. That particular Dar deserves to be punished, that particular Dar deserves to be destroyed. And we find that. For example, the Dar Hamidbar, where it was decided that whoever was alive in that Dar, everybody between 20 and 60, they would all die in the desert, not going to Eretz Yisrael. And therefore, that Dar all died in the Midbar. It wasn't the end of Klai Yisrael. There was a fo- the, fo- the following Dar. They had children who grew up and didn't go to Eretz Yisrael. But for that door, it was the destruction. The door of Mabu was destroyed. And same thing, the door of the Khurban, the door of the Shmat. There were many times, unfortunately, when there was a door which fitted into the language of Hazinu as being the door who needed to be punished. And it could be that that door would get destroyed. But that's not the end of Lai That's that particular door. And that's also a big chizuk for us. Because even if we see a dar being punished, it doesn't spell the end of the Jewish people. It means that was the oinish given to the dar of the time. The future dar, that doesn't apply to. There's a magician guidance. And that's why I learned this principle Right at the beginning of Kehidus, the Pasuk says, Dar Halech Madar Ba. The generation goes, the generation comes. But the world stands forever. And the Midrash Kehidus asks the question, What's more important? People or the world? We would think people, the primary point of creation. The world is just the backdrop against people with which people operate. And if that's the case, 
So the Midrash asks, why does the Torah Melech and Torah generations come and go in the world? The world is the factor which always stays the same. There are a number of answers the Midrash gives. But the one I want to focus on is the Midrash's answer, where it says that the Eretz refers to the Jewish people. The land with for whom Hashem created, the people for whom Hashem created the earth. If that's the case, we see exactly the suicide. Dar Haylech with Darba. Generations come, generations go. But Klai Yisrael remains forever. That's a big part of the Nechama of Hazina. Hazina is spelling out the history of the Jewish people. There will be times of punishment. There will be times of destruction. There will even be times of annihilation. But that means the annihilation of the door. Not of Klai Yisrael. There will be a future generation which will continue. Hashem's promise to Klai Yisrael remains the same. Let's look at another point of Hazino. Moshe starts off Hazino. And he says, Hazino Shemaim. The heavens and the earth should, hear, earth should hear what I'm saying. And Chazal asked the question and it's brought in Rashi, why were they the ones who were, so to speak, the recipients, the audience of Hazina? And one of the answers is, because they're going to be the witnesses, because they last forever. When you can go outside and you'll see the sky, it's the same sky that's been there since the time of Moshe Rabbeinu. It's the same earth we're standing on. They, the Adim, because they've been there since the time of Moshe, addressed them until today to bear witness. Now, they may still exist, but they haven't always been doing the same thing. It's not like the Shemaim Varets are completely unchanged or unaffected by people. On the contrary, we say every day, if you listen to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, then the, the heavens will send forth the rain, and the earth will produce its produce. And if we don't listen to Hashem, the Chor of Hashem Bachem is going to get angry with us. Then the heavens won't give the rain, and the earth won't produce. And if that's the case, on the one hand, Shemayim Ba'aretz are very affected by what we do. Whether they're going to produce or not, whether there's going to be rain or not, it all depends on us. Shemayim Ba'aretz aren't impartial witnesses. On the contrary, it affects them greatly. But on the other hand, they still exist. The various people can do can affect what Shemayim Ba'aretz are used for. But they're not going to affect the existence of Shemayim Ba'aretz. Shemayim Ba'aretz will continue to exist as long as this world exists. And therefore, they can bear witness. And that's also the message. The witness that they're bearing is to exactly the same point. What's going to happen to the Jewish people can vary greatly. It can swing from the height of success, from the greatest victory, from living in the luxury which Hazina describes, to facing complete destruction.
shemayim v'oretz still remain in the same vein. Yisrael will still remain. They're different areas. What happens is with the judge, those judges that are that doesn't affect the continuity of Klai Yisrael. That's an insight into Hazinu. There's something I also wanted to talk about because we're standing Hazinu and Shabbat Shuvah and we just between people. And we know in Yom Kippur we're going to stand in front of Hashem in judgment as Klai Yisrael. As one entity, as the door in which we live. And if that's the case, there's something to think about. Because Klai Yisrael is going to be standing in front of Hashem. Tokshin Pei Dalet isn't the same Klai Yisrael who's standing in front of Hashem in Tokshin Pei Begimel. It's not the same Klai Yisrael standing in front of Hashem in Tokshin Pei Beis. In Tokshin Pei Beis, we still have Chaim Kenevsky Zechran and Ebrachim. And if that's the case, we're going to add the balance of the mitzvahs and the errors of Klai Yisrael. How much of a part of that will be the mitzvahs of and the schus HaTorah of Chaim Kenevsky? How much of that contributes to the collective merit of Klai Yisrael? Are we talking about Rosh Hashanah Toshim Pei Gimel? Or of Gershon Zechran and Ebrachim still alive? So how much is supposed to that add to the communal balance sheet of Klai Yisrael? Asmara Satayra and Amunah and Yira and Musa for a hundred years. And what we need to think about that is because this year when we bereft of both of those B'dayim and yet again we're going to be standing with them. And once again the collective system of Klai Yisrael are going to be placed on the scale. Maybe there's going to be a very big gap. And what can we do about it? This is the Yisrael that is brought down by the Valley Musa. And that is, if we're talking about the collective system of Klai Yisrael, then whether it's one person who has a million schusim, or a million people who have one more schus, it comes to the same thing. When we've lost the Godel, we just to take a round figure, was adding a million credits to Klai Yisrael, a million words of Torah a day, a million points of, of serious nefesh, of mitzvah service, of whatever it's going to be, then we have to make up the deficits. But how? We don't have another of Chaim or another of Gershom. So how are we going to replace the Klai Yisrael of lost? How are we going to ensure a Shonatah of the old Jewish people? And the answer is, instead of the one person who was providing a million credits, a million schism to Klai Yisrael, we have a million people, each doing one more mitzvah. And that's another million mitzvahs for Klai Yisrael. When the Dara, when we've lost a, one of the G'dayle Hadar, so then, as a Dara we should think what we're going to do to replace the schusim that that Godel gave us. We may not have another individual who can fill the same shoes, who can provide the same amount of schus, but together, if everybody does one more mitzvah, 
Everybody learns one more minute of Torah. So thousands of people learning a minute of Torah each will be as many mitzvahs as the thousands of minutes of Torah that the one or two G'dolim learnt. And that way we can make sure that our dar will also be a dar which is considered the dar of Tadikim. And maybe even the dar which will merit being the dar Shibin David Ba. The generation who deserves from a sheikh to come. It's also not the work of an individual. It's the work of the dar. And maybe as a dar we think about the schosim of the dar. As a rabbi we work together to provide schosim for the dar. Then we'll be zeicher to become that dar. The dar that will be to hear the paper of Mashiach. And that will be the dar who to live the last scene of Hazina. When Hashem says that He'll take revenge on the Goyim, return us there to Israel, and return to us all the bracha once again.